0: Psalm 42 and 43. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me continually, Where is your God? a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. This is God's word.
1: Thanks, Caleb, for reading God's word for us. Greetings again, my beloved family and friends in Christ. Welcome to this online live stream of our worship service. We are living amid the new COVID-19 heightened measures and as part of submitting to our authorities, loving our neighbours and caring for our church members amid the increased COVID-19 infections, we have put a pause on gathering in person Until mid-June. Meanwhile, I encourage us to stay connected via text messages, phone calls, and video meetups. Isolation is real and it can be a challenge in this season. And for our members out there, if you have yet to sign up for Grace E-News, please do so. Grace E-News is one way how we can stay connected to what is going on in the church. Today, we start a new series in the Psalms. We'll be going through Psalms 42 and 48. And the theme for this Psalms is the King and His people. Although God's people face struggles and opposition while living in the fallen world, we can be assured that the rule of God's King will ultimately triumph. Therefore, we can press on in faith and hope, fully confident in the promised Messiah's power to save. And we will see this theme repeated and extended in various ways in the next couple of messages. Let us pray as we prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word today. Father God, open our eyes to behold the wonders in your Word. May we be changed by an extraordinary sight of your glory shown in Jesus Christ. Draw us to turn from ourselves and turn in faith to Jesus Christ. Please help us to grow to Christ-like maturity so that as a church, we will display your glory to the nations. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. My friends, have you felt spiritually dry? You read the Bible, and the apparently lifeless words on the pages stare back to you. Or have you faced deep discouragement? Everything in your life seemed to go wrong, and you have a sinking feeling in your stomach most days. Or you seek to honour God in your work, but you face opposition from your bosses and your colleagues instead. What are we to do amid our spiritual dryness our discouragement and opposition we face turn with me today to psalm 42 to 43 where we'll find a psalmist facing similar experiences in his life psalm 42 and 43 though written as two psalms in your english bible they should be read as one psalm there's a title above psalm 42 and not above psalm 43 Also, Psalm 42 to 43 reads as if it's a song with three stanzas and a repeated chorus. All this support the reading of Psalm 42 to 43 as a single psalm, which will do so today. This psalm is an individual lament, a lament psalm of one of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah, they are the worship leaders for the temple worship for the nation of Israel. And the psalmist, one of the sons of Korah, he's likely in exile or for whatever reasons unable to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. He proceeds to pour out his sorrow to God honestly. He faces spiritual dryness, discouragement and opposition and is desperate for the presence of God. And what did he do amid his spiritual dryness, the discouragement he faces and opposition? He turns to and hopes in God the psalmist wrote this psalm to be sung by God's people God's people are to put our hope in God our savior now i was undergraduate in the national university of Singapore uh, studying biology and as when i was a student there i did part-time work with the national parks board every long semester break we had this 5-year project to survey the plant and animal life in the central catchment forest. And I was part of a team studying freshwater animal life. I remember one day during the survey, you know, I went in, uh, I, I didn't really bring extra water and the wa- the weather was sweltering and humid. And halfway through the survey, I finished all my water. Uh, and as a guy then, as a guy in my 20s then, I tried to tough it out. But by the time we left the forest, my mouth was dry. And I badly wanted a drink of cold water. I thirst. And I was desperate to quench my thirst. We see the psalmist describing his desperate thirst in verses 1 to 4. But rather than a physical thirst, it was a profound thirst spiritual thirst that he was facing the opening lines verses one and two of this psalm communicates one of the most beautiful metaphors in the bible as a deer pants for flowing streams so pants my soul for you O god my soul thirsts for god for the living god where shall i go come and appear before god the soul of the psalmist pants for God like a deer thirsty for flowing streams of water in a drought the source of his thirst the living God God is described as a living God he is seen as a source of life and refreshment that satisfies the thirst of the psalmist he pictures what the early church father uh, Augustine said you have made us for yourself O oh Lord and our hearts, our hearts are restless until it finds rest in you. The psalmist desire to quench his spiritual thirst, which only God can meet. The psalmist desire to be before God in God's presence. When shall I come and appear before God? He desires to meet with God in worship in the temple. And my friends, it's hard to miss. The emphasis here is not just on the psalmist's utter dependence on God for his life. Indeed, instead, it is the joy and pleasure of being in God's presence that the psalmist misses and longs to restore. However, the psalmist, for whatever reason, is prevented from worship at a temple in Jerusalem. He is so spiritually dry that he cries out, My tears have been my food day and night, while they said to me all day long, where is your God? He is in such deep sorrow, such as feeding on his tears. Can you imagine that? The psalmist longs to be with God and to worship him in a temple, but he is prevented and remains distant. You know, my friends, we didn't plan for this sermon during this COVID uh, heightened restriction season But God, in His purposeful sovereignty, directed our sermon series. My friends, aren't we now living like the psalmist, prevented by the virus from gathering? And I'm sure many of us, like me, we are sad and sorrowful that we can't assemble as church, just as the psalmist can't assemble with his people before God. And and to make matters worse, the psalmist's enemies taunt him While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Talk about rubbing salt into the wound. Already deeply grieved by being separated from the worship assembly of God, the psalmist's enemies make fun of him, pointing out that God is not with him. Amid these challenges to his faith, the psalmist remembers. These things I remember as I pour out my soul How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. He remembers, and remembering plays a significant role in this psalm and is an essential part of the Christian life. The psalmist, although it's isolation, he longs for God's presence and remembers how he joyfully experienced. God's presence in communal worship. The lack of such occasion now represents the lack of divine presence that the gathering for worship offered. Here it reveals the true heart of the nation of Israel's worship. The joyous festive occasions of of, uh, music, processions, and sacrifice, they provided the occasion to come face to face with God. That continues to be a true aim of worship, to know and stand before God. Remembering his time gathered with God's people in worship of God is bittersweet. It reminds the psalmist that only God's presence can quench his thirst, and it heightens his longing as he is now separated from the means of approaching God. My friends, what then are we to do amid our spiritual dryness? Now it sounds almost counterintuitive, but we remember God and what He has done for us in the past as we gather in the community of the local church to help us remember. I remember I was burnt out and spiritually dry in 2016 and 2017. By God's mercy, I kept pursuing God in His Word and through the reading, of good gospel-centered books. And I put myself in community that displayed the glory of God as they applied the implications of the gospel into their church life. By God's grace, I slowly experience the life-restoring work of God's living waters in my inner being again. So my friends, what then are we to do amid our spiritual dryness? We remember and we gather. And we return home to worship God. And in these times, when we cannot physically gather, we are to long for it and plead to God that once again we might physically gather. We might want to plead to, uh, to God to allow the absence, uh, and allowing this absence of in-person gathering to sharpen altars. According to Channel News Asia, in 2015, Singapore had the highest rate of depression in Asia, as reported by the World Health Organization. I suspect the numbers might be higher in 2021 as we grapple with the impact of this COVID-19 pandemic. The church is no stranger to depression. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the Welsh Protestant minister, a medical doctor, wrote a book, Spiritual Depressions, it Causes, Its Causes and Cure, as he sought to help those within the church who face deep discouragement. I've not read the whole book, but i read, read parts of it. And unlike the views of the happily-caply segment of Christianity, believers are not immune to depression. But thanks be to God, Scripture tells us how to battle this. And we see this in verses 6 to 10, where the psalmist was battling deep discouragement. The psalmist's first thing is to acknowledge that his soul is downcast within him. But then it flows into a language that offers hope. Therefore, I will remember you. Rather than remembering the things of worship in which the presence of God could be experienced he now remembers god himself the living god the source of his life and hope he goes on to give some geographical references from the land of jordan and of hermon from mount mizer This references seems to point to a location to the north outside of the land of israel towards the source of the jordan river whether the place is an actual setting of the psalmist or a metaphor for isolation, distance, or exile is not very clear, but what is clear is its implication. Prevented by distance, either physical, emotional, or spiritual, prevented from uh, by this distance from participating in the restoring worship of the community, the psalmist turns to the author of life himself, and he goes on. Deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and waves have gone before me, have gone over me. We see here the psalmist combines references to the chaotic waters subdued at creation, what he calls the deep here. Combines it with the tumbling waterfalls of the source of the Jordan, the roar of your waterfalls, and he combines it with the threatening pounding of ocean waves to depict an overwhelming state of oppression these mighty waters have swept over and threatened to carry him away. Similarly, my friends, haven't we also experienced waves of discouragement and depression, which at times threatened to sweep us away? I know I have. I'm sure many of you uh, do as well. But amid the drowning flood. God throws the psalmist a lifeline. Swept away, taunted that God is not present, designed to see God, but far removed from all that is familiar and comforting, uh, all these comforting rituals that seem to make God so real, he discovers an island amid the sea. God is the rock who provides a firm foundation and protection. He provides firm footing and guards over us. Verses 8 to 10. By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is within me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go all morning? Because of the oppression of my enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversary torn me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? What we see here, amid the swelling turmoil of suffering, the psalmist encounters something almost unexpected. His struggling hand grips the hand of God's steadfast love. We see this in verse 8. God's faithful, committed covenant love, covenantal love that endures forever. The living God of uh, of Psalm 42, 2 now becomes the God of my life in Psalm 42, verse 8. And a song wells up within the psalmist, even in the the darkness. God is not absent in the midst of trouble, but continues to stand with us. God's abiding presence with us It's also expressed in the powerful words of Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the Sheol, you are there. If I take wings, the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God's everywhere presence is present with us. Still, no matter how powerful the song does not thoroughly remove the darkness, nor does it take away the suffering. My friends, doesn't this psalm describe our own experiences? Amid the hope of God's presence there is still suffering. God is the rock, the island of safety in the storm. But the psalmist still feels forgotten, longing for God's presence. Mourning and sorrow are real experiences that we we'll face in this life. We have either uh, experience, We are either experiencing it right now or we'll experience it in future. And the enemy's thorn still has its power Where is your God? However, Psalm 42 draws to the end with a repetition of the last chorus. Left as it is, the psalms offer but a sad hope of a song breaking into the darkness and yet unable to conquer the dark. In a sense, the song testifies to the light, but the psalmist at this point must still wait in the night. My friends, as believers on this side of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a confident hope. The light has broken through the darkness. John eight twelve tells us, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the light that breaks against the darkness. The Bible, the Bible tells us again in Colossians 2.9, for the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. In Christ, God's fullness and presence dwell. Believers, deep discouragement and depression is genuine, but we have access to God's presence in Jesus Christ. What is to the summits a shadow of hope is revealed in full in Jesus Christ. What then are we to do amid our discouragement? God's people are to put our hope in Jesus Christ, light of the world, our God and our Saviour, in whom the fullness of God's presence dwells. On 13 January 2021, Forbes reported off the annual World Watch List released by Open Doors an international NGO advocating for persecuted Christians. According to their report, one in eight Christians worldwide live in countries where they may face persecution. In Singapore, where we have the privilege of religious freedom, we still face opposition from others as we seek to live God-honouring lives or when we witness for the gospel. With Psalm 43, we hear the psalmist plea to God for vindication and deliverance for the first time. Vindicate me, O God. Defend and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust men, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Vindicate, defend, deliver This makes a clear transition from the lament that dominated Psalm 42. The psalmist turns from lament to pleading and crying out to God. And we see here the first two verbs suggest a legal context. But the opponents described here are ungodly people. It's perhaps better to understand the pleas as expressing the desire that the psalmist, the kind of desire that the psalmist has his hope and faith in God. Despite the evidence of the circumstances and repeated taunts of the enemy, he expects that he will be rewarded and publicly acknowledged. In this context, the question of why God has rejected the psalmist takes on a different tone as compared to the similar passage in Psalm 42 verse 9. In Psalm 42 verse 9, he laments with without much hope of deliverance. In Psalm 43, verse 2, following the plea for, for vindication and before the following verses, seeking divine light and guidance, his sense of rejection and suffering becomes an integral part of motivating our faithful covenantal God to act. The clear goal and purpose of the combined psalm now becomes clear. At the beginning of Psalm 42, the psalmist, like a deer panting for water, longs to come into God's presence. He remembers the moment of temple worship when it was possible to go before God in festive joy. Now, in Psalm 43, we learn that his goal has never changed. He seeks divine light and truth to guide a return to God's holy hill and dwelling, the temple with its altar. Verses 3 to 4. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I'll go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy. And I'll praise you with a lyre. O God, my God. We see here the psalmist anticipate a pilgrimage from exile to participate again with the community of worship in Jerusalem. God's light and truth are necessary companions on his way back to Jerusalem to ensure safe arrival. The psalmist pictures then with happiness the the consequence of a return to the temple, approaching the altar of sacrifice, the equivalent of coming to God's presence, to God's exceeding joy, and praising God the tune of the lyre in worship. He anticipates great joy in God's presence again. The verses leave the readers, like us, out of darkness of suffering. He is led by the guiding light that restores the faithful to the faithful, loving presence of our covenantal God. What then are we to do amid opposition? We trust that God will vindicate, defend, and deliver us. Acts 1731 tells us, because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, will return to judge the world. Believers, we may not receive complete vindication now, but we will be acquitted and delivered when Christ returns. What then are we to do amid opposition? God's people, we are to put our hope in Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior. Songs have a pattern to your lyrics. Songs have in their central theme uh, repeated in their choruses. Likewise, Psalm 42 to 43, they have their central theme repeated in a chorus in uh, in, uh, Psalm 42, verse 5 and 11, and in Psalm 43, verse 5. If you look at these verses, the verses are identical. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. The first line of the chorus acknowledges the psalmist's suffering and sense of longing. The Bible is honest with the suffering we face in this fallen world. But as it acknowledges the suffering, it does so, challenging us with a set of accompanying questions. It tended to cast our present circumstances in the light of what scripture reveals, in a hopeful light. We see that tears have been the psalmist's food in verse uh, chapter, uh, Psalm 42, verse 3, because of the absence of God. We have seen waves of discouragement and depression have washed over him. In Psalm 42, verse 7. We have seen his enemies, they have opposed and oppressed him. We see in Psalm 43, verse 2. His soul is in turmoil. But the psalmist is called to hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. This refrains embodies here a sort of self-talk to his inner being in which the psalmist recalls the ground for his faith and hope. God is his saviour. God is our saviour. God is my saviour. And therefore, there's a reason for hope and praise. <coughs> my friends, as we look at these two psalms, the theme of remembering and gathering are two themes that run throughout these two psalms. How does this help us understand what we have to do amid our spiritual dryness, discouragement and opposition? We remember what God has done for us to save us. Again, quoting from Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Have you realised that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? What he means is this, Is that most times when we get discouraged, is when we listen to our disappointment and discouragement. We hear the voice in us that helps us and points uh, and draws us to, to disappointment and discouragement, rather than remembering God's word and God's promises and speaking these precious truths to ourselves. In other words, we need to preach the good news of God, the gospel to ourselves. And what is this gospel? Is, is that God is indeed our saviour. And that we are sinners who fled from God's presence, rejecting his rule over us. But God, faithful to his promises and rich in mercy, sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross in our place to forgive our sins. God raised Jesus Christ on the dead three days later for our eternal life if we but trust and receive jesus christ we will experience joy in the fullness of god's presence in jesus christ so my christian friends when we face spiritual dryness discouragement and opposition speak to yourself preach this gospel to yourself that god is indeed our savior this is the ground for your hope my non-christian friends if you desire the joy of god's presence in your life the good news is this too can be yours if you put your trust in jesus christ if this is your desire do drop any of the pastors and email our email contacts are on the leaders and staff page on our church website we see in psalm 42 and 43 that the psalmist longs for god's presence in the old testament God's glorious and holy presence was something His people desire and yet His people are unable to approach because of their sinfulness. The remarkable fulfillment of God's promises is that in Christ, God's presence has come to dwell among us. And when God raised Jesus Christ and when Jesus Christ ascended, He sent God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live within believers. Not only that, the New Testament has described the church as the dwelling place for God's Spirit. What this means is, this means for us is that remembering is also accomplished in our life together as a church. We help each other remember when we speak and sing the gospel and observe the ordinances. We taste the joy of God's presence in part when we gather as sinners, saints, and sufferers, as a church. In this COVID season, when we cannot physically gather, I urge you, my friends, stay connected via text messages, phone calls, and video meetups. Now, personally, I was uh, discouraged last week, and an older saint in Christ gave me a phone call, and we spoke uh, for half an hour uh, on Friday, and when, when we, I got off the phone call, my heart was encouraged. Uh, uh, I felt uh, uh, encouraged again as he pointed me back to trust in God, our Savior. My friends, I urge you as well, not only to call and communicate to one another, get connected to a CG. Gather in our other small groups that meet during the week, like the moms Connect or the Wednesday Bible Study. But what about some of us who, who have been hurt By the community you know the almost almost paradoxical thing is this is that we are hurt by community but we also heal in community as sinners we will hurt others and experience hurt as saints we can we can encourage and help the healing process of others as fellow sufferers we can bear one another's burden with empathy together we can help one another remember the gospel. My friends, ask yourself, how can I be preaching the gospel to myself daily? How can we as a church help each other remember the hope of the gospel that we have in Jesus Christ? Pastor and uh, writer Richard Phillips writes, The writer of Hebrews tells us that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. We see this in Hebrews 12.2. Just as his was the downcast sorrow of Psalm 42, so also was his joy of his refrain. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Even in the darkness of the cross, Jesus rejoiced in the hope of God's resurrection promise. That is a promise we share if we have committed our cause to Jesus who pledges that nothing, absolutely nothing, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Lord. We see this in Romans eight thirty nine. Christ's saving work should lift up our downcast souls in any form of distress. And we can go before God, we can go before him saying, I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Because of Jesus, God will never forsake us and will raise us up on the last day. And this gospel is cause enough for us to say, why are you so cast down, O my soul? My friends, remember and preach this gospel to yourself. William Cowper, he's a poet and songwriter. He was a contemporary of John Newton, the former slave trader and 18th century pastor. William Cowper suffered from chronic depression, and John Newton personally ministered to him often through their friendship. William was also known for his many uh, hymns, which express his profound longing for God in the midst of his darkness of depression. Oh, for a closer walk with God is one such hymn. Listen as I I read it for us. Oh, for a closer walk with God, a calm and heavenly frame, a light to shine upon the road that leads me to the Lamb. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I sought the Lord? Where is the so refreshing view of Jesus' And his word What peaceful hours I then enjoyed, how sweet are their memories still, but they have left an aching void the world can never fill. Return, O oh holy dove, return, sweet messenger of rest, I heard I hate the sins that made thee mourn and drove thee from my breast. Dearest idol I have known, wherever I, the idol be. Help me to tear from thy throne and worship only thee. So shall my walk be close to God. calm and serene my frame. So pure light shall mark the road that leads me to the Lamb. Let us pray. Father God, oh for a closer walk with you. This is our heart's cry and desire. What do we do amid our spiritual dryness discouragement and opposition we turn to you we put our hope in jesus christ our god and our savior come lord jesus may your promise and your presence encourage us especially in this covid-19 times when we cannot gather in person may the indwelling spirit of christ brings us comfort and joy Draw us to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.